As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Plus minus. Curry, way downtown. Bang! Bang! Oh, what a shot from Curry! Tim Kawakami deserves all the credit there. <laughs> plus minus. Tell Marcus that he asked you know that question about my defense. Do you hear that, Marcus? Anthony, you know me well, buddy. Y'all have a great night. I think you got the highest plus minus in the season in NBA history. Hello and welcome to a Chris Paul edition of the Warriors Plus oh, Minus sorry. podcast. This is the uh, Brandon Pozniemski. What's the name? Pozniemski. It's Pozniemski. By the way, there is yeah. a pronunciation on on your packets. Packets it, are out, everybody. Like Pozniemski. Yeah, come on. Pozniemski. 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 Let's get it right here. Pozniemski. Uh, we will talk about him on the back side of this podcast because, in my opinion, on draft night, Mike Dunleavy's first big day on the job. Ooh, Had a, it's a big one. Couple interesting moves, but a very uh, seismic trade, you would call it. Uh, Jordan Poole to the Wizards. He will be a star for the Washington He's Wizards. He's going to score a lot of points. High usage player for the Washington Wizards. A lot of points. For Chris Paul. And Ryan Rollins. Don't, don't, don't. That's actually maybe the best part of the trade for the Warriors <laughs> is, is freeing up a roster spot. Jeez. Shots fired, huh? <laughs> you know, happiest about that trade is Ty Jerome, baby. Oh, yeah. Ty uh, Jerome. Yeah, he's got a roster spot. Lester Quinones? Lester Quinones. It's yeah. going to be a good battle. But, yes, I think Jordan Poole over Chris Paul is what we should talk about. I was surprised that they would trade Poole for, for Chris Paul. Uh, I had heard they were interested in Paul. I thought it was strictly on the buyout, you know, on the waived market, get him cheap. But now that I'm thinking back on it, the conversations were directing me another way, and I didn't hear it. They they wanted Chris Paul, and it'd be interesting. Is is was a pool getting rid of pool the first factor? Probably right, getting rid of that contract, and then they found you know they searched for a market and then found Paul, or did they say you know what we can get Chris Paul? Let's see what we have to do. I don't know that we'll ever hear the full truth on that. I suspect it's kind of both, but I, I was hearing on Monday that they wanted Chris Paul and they already figured it was going to work. Like they had already tested it out with Steph and Dray- you know, Draymond is you know, a free agent, but if he's coming back with Steve and they th- wanted Chris Paul. By the way, I think this move very much signals Draymond Green is, is returning to the fold because and- I, I just don't think this gets green lit. If, you know, we know the conversations that are going behind, on behind the scenes with who they're going on with. 
Like they, this move would look even worse in retrospect if oh, Draymond Green leaves. It would, would be Chris like Chris Paul want to come here if Draymond. You know, like yeah. it just doesn't make sense. And that they're not training Clay. I think that. I mean, less of a tied to this, but I think you bring Chris Paul in for this one big run. He's under contract for one more to year. To ride with yeah. the yeah. franchise yeah. legends. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yes. This, they, is this is why you do that. And, you know, he's non-guaranteed after next season. So this is he's on one. Steve Kerr's on one. Uh, Clay Thompson's on one. We'll see what Draymond and Steph are. Like, this is, they're gathering the forces, and that's why we've been saying the core is likely to be kept together. And Jordan Poole with the question mark that's what happened. Of course, being kept together, they're adding Chris Paul to it, and Jordan Poole is being sent away. Marcus Thompson, Chris Paul was traded to the Warriors today. Your first thought? I was just surprised that Chris Paul would want it, and Curry would, like, basically greenlight it. Well, Chris, Chris Paul's kind of backed into a corner a little bit. He could have took a buyout with a few teams. No, Washington might have just held on to him. Like, that might not he didn't have to come to the Warriors. He talked to Steph. Yeah. Like, well, he could have gone to some, get me the Lakers. Exactly. He could have said that. He, yeah, yeah. he didn't have to come. But, I mean, we've, we've covered this thing for a decade. Like, well, this, you know better than anybody. Yeah, this, you know. Is a, this was like a heated rivalry. This was something. Yeah, this is something that, like, you know, Steph just got through screaming at the dude. This ain't 2014 no more. Right? Like, it's like two months ago. So it, it's, just, it's just But surprising. he's also Steph. Does it really surprise you? No, no, it doesn't surprise me that Steph's saying it surprised me that Chris Paul would want to play with him. Like, that's, that's the thing. Like, he's essentially saying, I'm no longer the A1 point guard. Like, that's a major confession for one of the great point guards of all time. He's going to come off the bench. Chris Paul is going to come off the bench. He never has in his entire career, yeah. not once. Think about that. Like, uh, he, there's plenty of teams he could start for. Chris Paul is about to come off the bench, and he's okay start, with he's it. For the Lakers. Yeah, and he's okay with start it the because Lakers. of Steph Curry. I mean, he was head of NBPA when the players were so mad. Steph was about to get an MVP. They created their own. Like this ain't this ain't like oh we could. this was like yo this was Lob City beef this was arguing this was like the first tunnel remember when no. the, the 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 this was Mark Jackson in the, the come whack me suit like this is. 10 years of like history you know you know the deep history i do feel like from a much more like outside perspective on the relationship that there was at least some mending over the last few years no i d- i did no the M- uh the nba 75 profiles we did them on a bunch of players i for Haven't whatever dapping each other up after yeah games? no question yeah, yeah. so i for some reason got the chris paul one and as part of it i sat down with steph for like 20 minutes about chris paul and he was like really complimentary now Steph is Steph he's always diplomatic but I I, I felt a genuine uh, appreciation and then I interviewed Chris Paul about it after I had done Steph and I a few of my questions were about some of like Steph the anecdotes Steph told and you could tell Chris Paul it, it meant something to him that Steph Curry had like kind of waxed poetic about his career and what Chris Paul meant as a as a North Carolina kid growing up ahead of him so I just I think it was at a place of a career. That doesn't I, surprise me. I understand that. Yeah. I get all that. That sounds good. But Chris Paul is about to come off the bench for Steph Curry. Like that's that's a whole different element. Like you think if LeBron came to the Warriors, he would come off the bench? Like, oh, God. Like, well, LeBron these, shouldn't come. No, off. but I'm or, saying or Harden. Yeah, Harden. I'm saying yeah. th- this is that cohort of people who used to like go at Steph. They didn't like him. They didn't like like not like didn't like him like who he was, but it's like nah, we got to take this dude out. So like all of them have softened over the years. Maybe with the exception of Russell Westbrook, right? Mm-hmm. It's all kind of subsided as it's become clear. Like Steph is Steph, right? 
So like, you, you sell my feet yeah. on that list. <laughs> there's there so yeah, there's definitely been like a cool like since twenty eighteen, remember? Remember he shimmied on Steph in the thing and Steph laughed at it and you got the whole How about the Steve Kerr uh Chris Paul laugh? <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah, the better yeah. One. Right. But like this dude is the ultimate competitor, right? He's he's been coming like him and Steph have been going at it for years. So to me it just shows like that mending or reconciliation, like that's been ha- it's been happening for a while. Like it's legit. You know what I'm saying? It's just to me, it's just surprising that it's like, oh, okay, this is how cool they are now. Not like, all right, they've been they've been getting cooler. Like, oh no, oh well, he's really gonna come off the bench. Like that's well, crazy. You know, again, I, that's a big deal. But I can also say, you know, maybe Chris Paul saying, I'm gonna close games. Oh, yeah. Like you know, I'm gonna be Looney's. You know, like we always know, Looney's coming off the floor. And it's gonna be Steph, Clay. Paul, Wiggins, and Draymond. Like, we can just see how this, in, in, in Chris Paul's mind. You yeah, know, in Chris you know, Paul's yeah, mind, yeah, by the month two of this regular season, we're maybe going to be like, come on, Ludi, at age 20. That's what you're doing? But I can just see Chris Paul working. And listen, and Clay's going to sit out games, and Steph's going to sit out games, and Chris Paul can play those games, right? Okay, well, I'm glad you mentioned that, because I think that is the worst part of this trade for the Warriors, and there are some very questionable parts of this trade. You love the Jordan Poole regular season. Well, I mean, mean, the guy plays 82 regular season games. No question. question. And he's good as a starter. He was the he was the starting shooting guard for Clay Thompson when they went eighteen and two. The famous eighteen and two. He was and great part the of that. Six and zero to finish that season when Steph was out to get the the, with the three seed. Yes, the forget just the yeah. six and zero. How about that whole month? He was one of the best players in the NBA that month. So he can start for Steph. He can start for Clay. Uh, Steph and Clay are going to miss a lot of games, and you know, I know the playoffs are what matter, and I know there you can definitely make an argument that Chris Paul. Theoretically, if he stays healthy in the playoffs, which will be Rick Salabrini's job, could be better than Jordan Poole in the playoffs, who he just obviously had a bad playoffs. But the regular season matters in the West, in a crowded West. If if Steph misses a three week stretch while Chris Paul's also on the mend, who you got? Who who who's scoring? That's why they got to get somebody else. But this was a postseason move. Like they got to a point, especially against the Lakers. Where you just ran out of people who you felt good having the ball in their hands. Like, Let me he, ask you though, if Chris Paul's on the the Warriors in that series, like, are they winning that series? Yeah, I think it's closer. Six, yeah, I, think it's, six, I think so. Right? Yeah, uh, I think it's I think it's I closer. What, they saw Lonnie walk. Not Chris Paul's not Lonnie Walker. Lonnie Walker's Chris Paul, but they saw Lonnie Walker and they go. We have nothing like that, and that's what Jordan Paul was supposed but, to be. And it was just a bad series, which doesn't mean Jordan Paul's always going to be that bad. I'm not saying that, but but. They wanted a guy who can like get into the lane, knock somebody off, and hit a mid range jumper. Lonnie Walker beat them. What game was it? He just beat them. Game, game four. Three. Yeah, game three or game four. And they really felt like they needed something and, and they didn't have it. Uh, and, and it wasn't like a good thing. Like, do you know what fueled the Lakers in those games? Turnovers. Yeah. And Chris Paul didn't turn them all over. Like, at the end of those games, and Steph is getting doubled and do whatever. Like, who can have the ball and it be okay? And we thought that was going to be Dante, and it wasn't Dante. Like, we thought it would be Poo. It wasn't Poo. They ran out of dudes. So you can say, yo, just have the ball and don't turn it over. Don't make the crazy path. To me, that's what this is for. I also think, I mean, the elephant in the room is whether Draymond and Jordan Poole could play again. And if Draymond's coming back. The other this thing is like that problem. Jordan Poole's relationship with Steve Kerr, like particular, you know, I'm talking more like his his uh, playing time, his yeah, role, yeah. the trust that that the coaching staff clearly had lost in Poole. Like that was a problem too. And, and like 
Steph had to give a speech before Game Seven of the, the first round. Yeah, of the first round because after they blew Game Six at home because of the body language of I'm sure it's two people. It was Jordan Poole and Jonathan Kaminga, and uh, and one of them was making a 123 million dollar contract just starting now. So I just think it's all those factors. He was making 3.9. Yeah, you love getting young for that. That contract was coming up. But, but isn't that the point? Like. Yeah. He never got twenty million dollars from the Warriors. <laughs> like, I mean, th- this is this was always possible. Yeah. We're yeah. Like, oh, he's making hundred. Actually, no, he got yeah. three point nine well, million. Part of the Myers Absolutely. thing was like we're signing him to retain him. No Doesn't mean we're signing him because we're going to pay him for four years. Although Mike Dunleavy Jr. <laughs> at the podium volunteered that, that they're gonna... the first tale right there. <laughs> yeah. He was so eager the to tell. Next time he doubles down on a guy, we're like, oh, that dude's gone. <laughs> We all bought it. That guy's first press conference. We're going to have him for four years or more. Uh, but the money, I think, was part of it. And, I, I, again, we don't really know. And, and getting he was not at fault for getting punched. Raymond was at fault. But that Jimmy Steph got mad at him. That Steve got mad at him. In public, for everyone to see after Draymond punched him, when you think they would be completely hands-off, I think there's something there that they and they didn't suspend Draymond. That there's that something happened there that they weren't thinking it was the worst. You know, again, I I I got to be real careful here. Draymond punching him was bad. Draymond deserves everything he got for that, but he's still he's likely to be resigned and Jordan Pill is going. And I also think I think that's that, a purely competitive thing though. Like there is about winning titles, and yeah, Draymond yeah. helps them win titles. Yeah, like exactly and. More. And Poole did not get that contract because he played so well in the previous playoffs. He did, though. And then he, he didn't. Did. Yeah, he that's did the. the yeah, it's just like you base it on what you see the last time. You don't want to only base it on the last thing you saw. But the last thing they saw was Jordan Poole not helping them against the Lakers and certainly not helping them in the last few games against the Kings. And that plays into it. And they think Chris Paul is. It's a huge risk. It's a. Like you wait a month, maybe you get more for Poole. I don't know. Maybe this is right when the only chance they could get rid of those dollars. Maybe the only chance they thought they could get Chris Paul. But this is a huge risk to do it right now because it wasn't draft. I mean, wasn't any current draft picks involved. They didn't have to do it tonight. Uh, it's just an interesting timing wise. We'll have to figure out why it happened all right now. It's not great value for Jordan Poole. It is not the value they thought they were going to get for him when they signed with that contract. It is for a player, though, I think, who's going to be better for them next season, certainly in the playoffs. All you got to me, the thing that is wild is they didn't get a first round pick for Bradley Beal. They didn't get a first round pick for Chris Porzingis, and they got a first round pick for Chris Paul. It's, by the way, it is two th- it's a it's 2030 top 20 protect. Yes, it won't be. It's a first round pick, yeah. <laughs> probably without. It's kind of a fake first round pick. If it's a first round pick that actually conveys, that means the Warriors are a top ten team in two thousand thirty. If they don't include the first round pick, does the deal not happen? And are you not fine with that if it doesn't happen? Yeah, you don't have to. <laughs> they clearly. My point is, they clearly don't have to. They didn't have to put it they, in there. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like Washington was fine with not getting first round picks and much for much better players than Chris Paul. That, that's the part that's weird to me. It's like, why are you... Well, I mean, Poole's money was a, pro, it was a little bit of problematic. And the Warriors did not think that... I think they had to kick up the number because of Tyler Hero's contract came in and then the punch. Yeah, Those two can I say the other thing here, and this really matters. Chris Paul is, has a very appealing contract in this situation where he um, is making $30 million this year, obviously, which at the trade deadline, if this thing isn't working, is very tradable. Um, but also he has $30 million non-guaranteed yep, next, year. next year, which is two things. Number one, it gives him a lot more flexibility. I think today this move makes it much more likely that Clay Thompson's here longer term mm-hmm. because 
now suddenly just getting off Chris Paul, let's say, you know, yes, it gets him out of the apron. Or the other thing is, this time next year, just like the Suns just did with Chris Paul's, you know, fluid contract, right? The Suns were talking about cutting him because of the money he had, but they waited and waited and waited and they found a way to get into a Bradley Beal trade. This time next year, the Warriors can use that, you know, vehicle potentially for another big trade. It's just so much more maneuverability from a financial standpoint. The second apron was involved here. And I think that is, you know, in a lot of ways we're talking about the on-court stuff, which is going to matter so much over the next 365 days. I think the financial stuff might have been more at play than just like the on-court stuff. You're getting a player and you're getting fluid. You're right. You're getting the combo, whereas the player himself is not the exact value of Jordan Poole, you wouldn't think. You're, the, the, the fact that you're getting rid of the money and giving yourself a slot. And, you know, what was the, the Durant signing trade for Daniel Russell? It wasn't because I thought Daniel Russell was the perfect player. It's because if we get him and we sign him to this, we sure as hell know we can move him. Uh, and maybe Jordan Poole's contract, they thought that didn't quite work out like that. But maybe this Chris Paul thing. So, you know, at some point, we're going to move him to a team that wants off of money. We move him to the Lakers for X, Y, Z, you know, whatever. And... Yeah, I mean, we'll see. Again, you make these bets and sometimes they don't pay off. But it is better for them than having Jordan Poole's contract. I would agree with that. Because you get a player for this one year of whatever this is going to be. And then you see what you have to do with it after that. And you get, you're out of, you got your second apron thing. And I, however much, and I wrote it, that Clay Thompson is their way out of the apron. He's their way out of luxury. Yeah. He's their way out of luxury well, but, tax. But Chris Paul now is yeah, too. You have two of them. You have two yeah. options. And they were, and, and the people I was talking to, and you guys know who I was talking to, um, weren't real comfortable saying that, but they agree, right? This is their ticket out of the apron, no question, if they want it. They don't have to make the decision in July, and now they have two tickets out. And, and I think they appreciate that option where they were, didn't want to be staring down the gun. If Clay has an incredible December and January, then what's the discussion? He could be gone. You can't, can't pay him enough. da 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 da, da And... At least now they can at least think to themselves, hey, we, don't, we can sign him for 35 We can sign him for whatever if he, that's what he's worth. We're, the gun is into their head. They have two ways out of the second apron, and that's very important flexibility. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. 
We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture-themed trophies for six basketball-related activities. Trophies like the Dominic Toretto I Live My Life a Quarter Mile at a Time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Other aspects of this move, I mean, it's... uh... It is obviously a pivot back. That, that locker room is so, going to be interesting now. I mean, like, I, I'm trying to picture Chris Paul in that locker room with Draymond, with Steph, with Clay, with, you know, it's still some younger players. It's going to be. I don't think that's the help where Chris Paul can be a part of helping the younger players, right? Like, he can like be Andre, a voice. I mean, yeah. he can some Andre role Especially maybe. if he's not starting, right? Like, that, he, he can be somebody for that. I, I want to ask you guys because I, w- I, I was on NBA TV today and Jared Greenberg asked. How Chris Paul might handle coming to a Warriors team where he, through his career, has so much been, uh, you know, he kind of controls locker rooms that he goes to. And how would he handle a Warriors environment that, you know, obviously, like he's, you know, we, we know the pecking order here, we know all the voices involved. I was of the opinion, I think Chris Paul will really actually like the environment here, like the way the players, particularly veteran players, have so much of a voice. Think about Andre Iguodala, he plays three games last year, but he's basically an assistant coach. Um, but I mean, how do you see just Chris Paul, the personality meshing from not only the warrior side, but from like Paul's side? It just feels like the personality that we know of, that would be a problem. This might be a sign that's not there. Like he's saying, I'm coming off the bench. Like that automatically limits your voice, right? It automatically takes some of the, some of the bass out your voice as my, as my daddy would say. And I mean, it clearly means he wants to win, you know. Maybe, maybe Chris Paul is like, yeah, I wanna, I wanna take on more of a veteran spot minute role. I'm gonna play 25 minutes, put me in at the end of the games, and I'm gonna mentor some youngsters. Now, I don't know who the youngsters will be. They will. <laughs> they Brandon Posnianski <laughs> is who's it gonna be? Moses Moody's. I feel like Moses Moody's gonna love Chris Paul. Moody, I mean, Jonathan Kaminga's still on this team, and I think yeah. the, I think this move. Jonathan Kaminga in a second unit with Chris Paul, I think, makes Jonathan Kaminga better offensively. I was throwing out there. You know who would have been better with Chris Paul in second unit? James Wiseman. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh well. Uh, lob threat a little bit there. I mean, he still might be available. You get him right back. I mean, It'd be just perfect. Well, I, I, it's no, two young players that I, were supposed I, to be part of his two timelines. No, oh, that's t- two timelines gone. That's so, uh, that's, so bad. It's so gone. low, though. So gone. Uh, I think that Chris Paul will not want to be the guy who screws this up. And I don't even know if he could screw it up because we know how strong Draymond and Steph are and Clay. But he won't want to be the guy who upsets that. We know how good it's been. Andrew Wiggins comes in. He's perfectly plops right in. Durant, pretty good. I mean, it was some, maybe some waves, but certainly didn't screw things up. Two championships in three years, three trips to the finals. I don't think Paul will want to be the guy that's seen as a troublemaker with that. I think Kerr will be working hard on that. Uh, I can see Kerr and, and CP3 getting along and thinking about the game being cerebral. I've been told Steve Kerr's excited no, about this so. move. I can see, uh, see it. From a yeah. tradition, not oh, only from a locker room standpoint, on, but, yes, like, but from a, uh, yeah, like, 
he's missed the Livingstons, the Iguodala when Iguodala was actually a rotation. People who you can say, Steph, you're off the ball. I need the ball in the hands of somebody who's not going to kick it out of bounds, right? Or who's not like that matters in the Steve Kerr office, like. And you don't have to like tell him. You don't have to coach him. You don't have to like Chris Paul is going to do to you. Like this is a Steve Kerr move. Now right? there's some good. You know, Chris Paul is not a Steve Kerr offense guy, right? I mean, which is off the ball, run around, pick set screens, guard set screen. But but Chris Paul can set screens. I don't think he's just a pick and roll guy. I think he's played in other systems. He's a lot more stationary now than he used to be. Uh, I just think they're going to have to kind of morph the offense when he's out which, there. By the way, like, Steve Kerr's. Like there is a point where he must morph. And also, in the playoffs, you need that. Like in the playoffs, they needed that. That off the ball stuff. You play against LeBron again, and he's got everybody tuned in on on what you're doing. You need somebody who can just have the ball and make a play. So I I don't know. I like that. I like that. I want. I, I I feel like they need a player who can get to the rim. It's the one thing they don't have. Chris Paul might be the closest to it. <laughs> oh, I, I don't know. Have you looked at his actual... He gets to the rim, though, yeah. but he yeah. gets to the oh, mid-range. He gets way there. Yeah. He gets way there, you know, way underneath the no, rim. But like, but yeah. so for him, yeah. getting to the elbow and hitting yeah. that mid-range and is the, about the, as reliable as some other dudes the going to the rim. And him is going to open up everything else. You know, can get, he can get in that key area, you know, the free-throw area, and then someone's got to guard Clay over there, and someone's got to guard Steph over there, and GP2 might be cut into the lane for now. Like, that that causes defenses a lot more problems than say, you know, Jordan Poole. I mean, who they knew what he was going to do once he got there. He was going to put his head down, and he was going to ball was going to go scrambling around. Bad somewhere. Jordan Poole, yes. Good Jordan Poole, <laughs> no. I mean, like I don't know. I like it's. You're right. I mean, Jordan Poole yeah, has, has really good games. He has a really good game. This. Yeah, this I'll just like, say, I just say, I just say, I am trying not to go that place. But I never was a Jordan Poole, as we all everyone Jordan knows. Jordan Poole averaged 25 yeah. game points per game as a starter. Yeah, and 20 off the bench. Yeah. And no, 20, he, he yeah. can score. The guy can score. He can give it back, but he can absolutely score. The problem with him is when the defense gets tougher, he gets way more inefficient, and that screws up a lot of things. Not That happens with a lot of people, and there aren't a lot of people who's got high scoring talent. But when with the Warrior, if he did not have Steph Curry there or if he did not have Klay Thompson there, maybe a different Warriors career. But he does have them there, and he could never... I think that caused a problem for him is he just never saw where this was going to go if he wasn't going to beat out Steph Curry or Klay Thompson. And he wasn't going to do it for another year. So he got paid for it. It still wasn't going to happen. So I think there was frustration there. They tried to do too much. They tried to do little, pout a little bit. Uh, It just didn't work with this group of players, which we've seen with James Wiseman, it didn't work. We've seen other people, it didn't work. And with the pool, it worked a little bit, and it worked for a championship. Didn't work for another year, and I don't. I think it was gonna get worse. That's my. I think it was gonna get worse. Yeah, I mean that's fair. What what? This is the downside of this trade. They're a slow, small, older team that just with this swap got slower, smaller, less athletic, older, less Dinner. durable. They gave up two players for one, also, right? I mean, well, I mean, I think players. I actually think you get better, well, and because I mean, Jerome, veteran minimum, whatever roster spot. But I just I. You like pool for Paul means you're just have less burst, less scoring creation, less you, available, <laughs> less yeah, less durability, uh, less athleticism, less youth. Um, there's there fourteen years is a lot to give up in a trade. That's, <laughs> it's a lot to give up. There are not many times when you trade for fourteen years, but uh, that's yeah, it's a risk, and then you get you get the contract off. That's you know you're you're cashing in a lot of different things on a lot of different levels. 
Uh, and, you know, at, at some point it was like, the, I think it's them saying Jordan Poole was not the guy who was going to take the torch from Steph Curry. Like that, I just think they made that decision. That wasn't going to be the guy who's going to be able, now that guy might not exist. Chris they Ball's not never, taking, yeah, Chris Ball taking the torch. But I think if they believed, if Joe Lake believed, and he did tell me, he believed that was, you know, in the past, that Jordan Poole was the guy who was going to take that torch. I think they pretty much decided he wasn't going to take the torch. Now, what do you think about how about Dunleavy? Given this, like, by the way, you always he, thought Dunleavy was a supporter of Chris of uh, Jordan. By the way, do you think that changed? No, no. That from what I've gathered from the people that matter, including you know, poolside mm-hmm. today, which obviously maybe you know this would be a shocking day. No, there's like Dunleavy has has been and remains you know a pool supporter. Now this is a concession. Um, I, you know, obviously the veterans were very involved. This was the first big Mike Dunleavy move. I don't know. Does he gain cachet by listening to the veterans? I'm, we don't know. I mean, there's vi- many conversations I think we all want to have that haven't been able to have because this happens on draft day. where And it's not official until July 6th, by the yeah. way. So Mike well, Dunleavy's not talking about You're talking on the record. Yeah. But even off the record, like, it's, draft day is not a day to just have, like, you know, 30-minute, like, you know, reflective conversations. Uh, you know, this is, like, a lot of stuff's going on. Um so, you know, we'll see exactly how this went down, but I, I don't know. Where are you at? I don't even know. I, I feel like uh, then they go out and get Pojimski, another 6'3". Are, are we going there? Another 6'3". 6'5". Six, six, five, five. Six, five. He's not Listed six, at 6'5". He's taller than Adam Silver. I don't know how tall Adam Silver is. You want to know what's funny? I feel like we've now fl- we'll flip the tables, and me and Marcus don't really like this pick. I feel like Tim likes this pick. Yeah. I'm going like with it. Sam Vecini. You said he's like six, shorter than six four without shoes. It's not small. I mean, defensively, there's going to be an issue. There's no question about it. I think he's going to play. I think Kerr's going to play him because he can score, uh, and he can. He's got that lefty, which are always a little harder to guard. He looks like he's got a little bit of burst. He can definitely shoot the ball. Best three-point shooting guard in, in, in college last season. Um, he's going to play some. I mean, I think he's your Dante DiVincenzo now. Not nearly as explosive as Dante. That's the problem. He's, he's nearly, like not nearly yeah. that. Yeah, but... And he's far younger, right? DiVincenzo as a rookie is yep. not as good as the DiVincenzo from last year. I just think he's a guy Kerr can get in there and get minutes. And you just needed to take someone that Kerr's going to play. Especially now you have 30 38-year-old backup. Like, their third guard's 38 years old. So, I'm interested in him. I mean, I don't know. Uh, I want to see him on the floor in the NBA game. But I'm intrigued by somebody who can score at you know, three levels, who can shoot the three like that. I just get a sense that Kerr's going to kind of like him. I bet you Kerr was in on this pick. His, I heard his workouts were really good. And I just got a feeling he's going to play a little bit. And this pick at 19 to get somebody who can play a little bit uh, with this roster is going to be really important. They've gone through guys who they cannot play, and I don't think Baldwin's going to play much. I'm a, I like Baldwin, too. I don't think they're going to play much this season. Uh, you know, they can't keep doing that and have guys that are just kind of, you know, waiting for it. I was not a Ryan Rollins guy, as you, guy, as you know. I thought he was terrible in the games that he played. Uh, so I don't think losing him is anything. I don't think he was going to play. I don't think Steve Crow is going to play him. So I think this guy is a guy that can play and score a little bit. 
you, you kind of suffer through the bad defensive matchups. You can't, but, on one hand, be like, your boo's terrible. You don't play defense. And then say, yeah, it's all right that he doesn't play defense. No, no, we'll see. We'll see. Who cannot play defense? We just watched some defensive highlights of this guy. We'll see. If he's bad, I'll say it. Absolutely, oh, I'll say it. I mean, like, the Sacramento yeah. State Hornets were like, a blow by. <laughs> they're, they're targeting him uh, in, in uh, yeah, we'll see, in summer league. We'll see. Uh, I kind of like the creative score, though. And I really, I mean, Kerr said it on my podcast. Like, they played pretty good defense in the playoffs. They just ran into a wall offensively because they did not have guys who could put the ball in the basket, create fine ways. I'm just picturing Lonnie Walker the whole time. Now, this guy is not Lonnie Walker, but Lonnie Walker can't play defense. Lonnie Walker can go get you five buckets in a quarter. Maybe this guy can't do it right away, but I think maybe at some point in his rookie season, certainly headed towards more, he's going to be able to get buckets, and they're going to have to figure out how they play him defensively. They're just going to have to figure it out. Uh, and if he's a disaster defensively, that's a problem. But, you know, can they get him to mediocre level defensively? We'll see. Uh, I've heard their analytics numbers were very high the stats are I, I, I mean eight rebounds so a game yeah that was one of 8.8 i believe eight rebounds a game which you know oh like that's yeah that's some that, athleticism there yeah I mean, that's you mentioned divincenzo rebounding numbers matter like those carry from college to pros i mean that's a, a reliable number you can count on so but you know me and marcus watched the tape i mean <laughs> there's just not there's not first really a first step um I, he's gonna be. He's gonna make catch and shoot threes. I mean, I think we. I think it's it was a like forty five shot, but that thing goes in, man. Yeah. Most lefty threes are like very pretty. It's like our, his. Or something. His is weird, but that thing goes in. He's yeah. it's a it's a ceiling scraper, okay. but it and, drops. And that is that. His, in my opinion, is his most transferable skill. Like right away, but what he was at Santa Clara was like a ball control, do everything, like over dribble, like go create. That cannot be what he is with the Warriors for obvious reasons. So a lot of the floater games and something like the, you know, dribbling into like step back, lefty, it's just that doesn't matter. And then the defense, like he's going to get picked. Well, Ty Jerome got picked. Like, you know, like they can play guys who are like that. doesn't mean it's good. But Kerr can play guys like that if he thinks you're going to make some buckets and you're going to space the floor. And... I think this, you know, if I had to say, I think he's a better Ty Jerome. That's not a great thing, but it's a guy that Steve Kerr is going to play. And that's a guy who can't, you know, at 21, can he be at 27 like Jerome is now? Can he be, you know, can a, I ask you guys something? NBA starter? I think he can be verging on that. This is a guy who two months ago was people were like, oh, maybe he'd be a good like mid-second round pick. 30, you know, I saw a story from the Oklahoma, my old paper, that was like, the Thunder have two second round picks, thirty seven and like forty something. Like They're maybe they could Santa Clara guards. Yeah. That well, that was kind of what the story was. But they were theorizing like, hey, they could maybe get him at thirty seven or whatever. Like he kind of, you know, I get that he's jumped up, and you know, somebody else probably would have drafted him right around that near that range. That had become his range. But my thing is, and I do not know these this answer, but. You're sitting there at 19. Cam Whitmore is available at 19. And obviously Cam Whitmore's medicals had been flagged by the league. Like there was a reason he has fallen. So maybe you did not have any good offers out there. I'm not saying you necessarily should have drafted Cam Whitmore, who I think would be duplicative with uh, Jonathan Kaminga. But maybe there was an offer out there in the league for an additional first. You jump back five picks. Houston took them and they were, you know, that was the report, Sean's report, or someone's report that they were calling around. Maybe you get a second round pick if you just drop down to twenty and take this guy anyway. Something like you, that. You drop yeah. down two picks and get Chris Murray. I don't know. I mean, I like I don't know what all the other alternatives are. 
I'm not an an ex. This dude better than Chris Murray. In in my opinion, that's my question. Probably not. If he's not better than Chris Murray, then I don't. uh, Chris Murray, who by the way is like six foot seven, wing, wing, also also lefty. But I bet you watch Steve Kerr play, will play this guy over to play Chris Murray. Just what? positionally. Sure? Just positionally. Yeah, yeah, I just think positionally. You think he would have played Keegan Murray? Steve? Yes. Yes. Keegan Murray is better than Chris Murray. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously he is, yeah. but like that yeah, version of player. He would have. But he would have played in the Anthony Lamb minutes. But I don't think Chris Murray is that. I don't think he's the same kind of scorer. And I think because this, you know, Podziemski, we were messing up his name. Yeah. But Podziemski is a guy that Steve Kerr can play. I could be totally wrong, but he just feels to me like, you know, he's like one of those Arizona guards. Like, you know, th- th- those guys are tough. Get in the lane, score a little bit, you know, score, hit from three. It just feels like a guy that can fit for eight minutes a quarter when it's going well, and Kerr can just say that, okay, I'm good with this guy. He's not going to screw it up. And maybe with, you know, even better with Chris Ball, because Chris Ball is going to just babysit him with the ball get you right to your spot, you play off the pick and roll over here, you stand in the corner, boom, hit that three. I can see that happening. We'll see. I haven't seen him live in a game, though. I, don't, I just feel like, yeah, I mean, you're not playing him over Moody. No, but Moody's going to play three. You know, Moody's your backup three. Kaminga's your backup three, four. Uh, the minutes. You just, need, you just need, to me, they needed more size. They went and got another yeah, guard. No just, the, the size is an issue. They no still question. need size. They've made the a trade like, and drafted. Like, Clay's like a forward now. Like, you know, he's a forward. He's going to defend forwards. Wiggins defends guards. Just think about how small they looked in that Lakers series. Oh, yeah. And they've gotten smaller they got today. Smaller. No, no question. They, need, oh, they, they got to get a power forward that they can play or Patrick Baldwin's going to play. And, and well, I mean, Kaminga. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah, well, Kaminga. We'll see if Kaminga can play. That, if Kaminga can play, that would be huge at this point. Well, we know Kaminga can play in the regular season. Kaminga yeah. had, like, yeah. long stretches of I'm very good regular position season. Is he, I don't know. They, they still don't quite know what position he's playing. I say the minutes are at four. Steve Kerr's admits the minutes are at four, but he still says he's a three. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think there's some positional problems and you know bringing chris paul in kind of weakens you because he's at a guard he's a small guard yet you know you have to have other people playing guard because he's not gonna you don't want to play him for 82 games or anything close so you need backups you need some way you know balancing out there and that's gonna you know borrow on your roster at other spots we'll see uh we'll see if they got some line on a center backup center we'll see if they got some line on a backup and a third power forward. I don't know. Uh, they are certainly, and you know, can you imagine if Draymond does not sign with them? <laughs> well, I mean, that's. I mean, then then the the Chris Paul trade looks horrible it's, in retrospect. Yeah, they have to know. Bob Myers had done this. They would have known Draymond Green's coming in. I assume Dunleavy knows this, but we don't know at this point. There is no way Bob Myers makes this trade unless he absolutely knows he has a verbal and almost a signed agreement with. Draymond Green. We'll see. Yeah, you got you. You just you can't give up pool for Chris <laughs> Paul and lose Draymond. No. Like that's and they, they have no way to replace Draymond. No way to replace. No Draymond. way to replace no. him. Yeah, that's the thing. Like that's yeah. I, I'm yeah. It's a rough day. For, rough day for Mike Dunleavy. Like he he made some hard moves. I do like his gangster though. Like <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the thing that matters and it's a little bit of what we're talking about, where we are we're trying to map out a rotation that, in fairness, is not nearly complete. There's going to be you know, if suddenly 
they make three veteran minimum signings that like really kind of complete what we think the rotation yeah, will look like. Okay. This was yeah, the was... way to do it, though. That's the thing. Like, you make a trade, you trade one of your valuable pieces, and you get the 19 pick. Like, the other piece was Kaminga. Like, now, you, now you're down to, like, the scraps trying to get players. Like, this was the way to do it. Like, I don't know. I mean, to me, it feels like you kind of got to – solve a few more of those other issues here. Like you said, trade down, try to get a, like, do something to fill this. Cause now you just, you don't have any really resources to add them. So how are you going to get a big? I mean, and is the big you get going to be good enough for Steve Kerr to play him? <laughs> I, that's it's tough. It's Michael Green 2.0. Yeah. You know, that's what it's going to be. Well, you just got to hit better than you. You got to hit like you did two years ago when it was Otto Porter and it was Nemanja Bielitsa. Uh, it was Otto Porter Payton might be second. available. Otto Porter might right. be available. Yeah, it's, just a, it's, just, it's just a little bit backwards to say with our young piece, with our young talent, and our first-round pick, we're not going to address any of that, but we're going to use the lesser vehicles to address these major issues. Like, if he pulls it off, hey. I do like the fact, though, that Mike Dunleavy's like, I ain't scared. <laughs> like I'm, I'm a, you know, I'm a do, I'm a deal with it. Like I mean, think about that. He traded Jordan Poole his first move. Like you gotta be a savage to after do that. telling the world yeah, I'm not right. trading. You gotta be a savage. I mean, he clearly like th- there's no issues with his comfort in this role. Now, now we get to see. I mean, I think yeah. we. I mean, Slater's been saying this for like he's basically been a general manager for a year, day to day, and he's been in every single one of these conversations, and you, we can just see it here. Like this isn't a guy going. What do I do? This guy's saying, here we do boom, 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 and I got it. And we'll see if he's got it. <laughs> but you know who loves that stuff? Joe Lakeup. I saw loves that I saw Joe Lakeup walking into the building today. I just randomly was in the elevator with him. He was he was and this was post Chris Paul trade. He was walking with the you know, the shoulders were kind of boasted out a little bit. He was feeling good. I think Joe walks like that no matter what. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. You're right, you're right, you're right. You're right. I think he just got done probably with like a Miller and Lux meal. He was like, that was just fantastic. I walked in with Peter Gruber and always, hey, you see the movie Air? You got to watch this movie Air. Let me get you you a copy of that movie Air. I have not yet. I've seen it on stream. I haven't seen it. It's pretty good. Okay. Well, uh, an interesting (laughs) day for the Warriors. Uh, We'll talk, I would say, probably next week. We should probably do something like pre free agency then. Post free agency when we really know what badass Michael Dunleavy Jr. have up his sleeve. Who knows? We don't know anymore. It could be James anything. James Harden to the war. <laughs> <laughs> On the minimum. All right. We'll talk to you later.